Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs and seekers of wellness, welcome to another riveting episode of Breaking Boundaries for Entrepreneurs. Today, we dive headfirst into the realm of cutting-edge science that directly impacts the heartbeat of innovation, the human brain, our focus, the dance between electromagnetic radiation and neurotransmitters within the intricate circuitry of our brains. Join us in this episode as we unravel the nuanced tapestry of this electrifying topic, exploring the potential effects on cognitive functions, creativity, and overall entrepreneurial prowess. But fear not, intrepid listeners, for knowledge is power when coupled with action, and not only will we unveil the intricacies of this phenomenon, but also arm you with practical strategies to safeguard your mental fortress. So tune in, buckle up, and let's transcend the conventional limits of understanding as we embark on this journey into the uncharted territories of neuro-entrepreneurship. Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mort. If you're like most entrepreneurs, you're busy taking care of business, yet who's taking care of you? If you're ready to take your energy and performance to the next level in your life and your business, then this podcast is for you because today you're going to start breaking boundaries of your mind, body, and business with Integrative Health. And when you do that, your possibilities are limitless. I'm grateful you're here. Yes, always grateful for you joining us here today. Welcome to another mindful episode of the Breaking Boundaries podcast for purpose-driven entrepreneurs. This is episode number 43. And of course, as always, stay till the end when we bring it all together and tie it up for you in a nice, neat package on how to avoid failure and reach your next level of success with integrative health. And for all the show notes and links, and there'll be a few of them today, visit jeffreymort.com and click on the podcast button. Shout out to our new listeners in The Colony in Texas. Now, The Colony is just north of Dallas, and interestingly enough, it was named the 2003 Sports Illustrated Sports Town of the United States. So congratulations on that. I know that was 20 years ago, but uh, interesting fact about The Colony, Texas, and also Thousand Oaks, California a premier community recognized for being one of the most desirable places in all of California to live, work, recreate, and raise a family. And might I add, a healthy family at that, as long as you're listening and taking action from what you learn here in the Breaking Boundaries podcast. So today, you're going to discover five potential effects of radio frequency electromagnetic radiation. Sounds like a big word. We're going to sum it up and call it RF EMR, radio frequency electromagnetic radiation. And the effects on neurotransmitters in the brain and the steps that you can take to protect yourself and your family. You may or may not know, but the neurotransmitters in your brain, these are chemical messengers that activate certain functions and systems in the body. Very, very important, but they get disrupted from the effects of the radio frequencies and electromagnetic radiation that can be all around us. And I'm going to tell you the areas that are highest in that RF and EMR in today's episode. Our standard disclaimer here, we don't give medical advice, we don't claim to treat, diagnose, or cure any diseases, but what we do is we get to the root cause of the problems. And a little bit about how I know uh, about a root cause of this problem is back in 
uh, I believe it was 2014, maybe 13, 14. Uh, my oldest son at the time, still my oldest son, uh, but my oldest son was diagnosed with a juvenile nasopharyngeal angiofibroma. You might be wondering, what the heck is that? Okay, well, the, the it's called the JNA. And the J part, uh, it really only affects juveniles. So um, adolescents, anywhere from, you know, let's say eight years old, probably until about 18 years old. And the nasopharyngeal means that it is in the nasal cavity uh, of the face. And then the angiofibroma means that it was a benign tumor. Now, these tumors only, uh, I shouldn't say only, predominantly affect um, males, at male adolescents or male juveniles, uh, which is very, very interesting. And they typically only come about when the hormones are ramping up, uh, maxing out, and that's um, when these things grow. And the medical team, I, you know, I'll cut to the chase. After two surgeries over the course of two years, um, you know, he was symptom free, but it was a, a very um, tumultuous and, and scary time in our family dynamic and our family lives because we, you know, we weren't sure what caused this. And, you know, I had asked the medical team, you know, could it be this? No, couldn't be that. Could it be this? No, it couldn't be that. And some of the um, the questions that I asked were, could it be the fact that my son has been holding an iPhone in front of his face since he was two years old? We gave him an old iPhone and he actually, two years old, he was pretty savvy with the thing and figured it out. We showed him how to do a couple things. And uh, now he's, <laughs> he's our um, residential IT director here um, at our home. And for many other people too, he helps them out with uh, some of their technology troubles and woes. But, um, you know, the fact that he was holding this device in front of his face throughout his entire childhood, uh, you know, adolescence, uh, juvenile existence, made me wonder, was this part of the problem? And of course, conventional medicine said, no, that's not it. And I said, you know, could it be the processed food that he was eating before we started transitioning him to, you know, <laughs> the healthiest diet we could get him to eat? And of course, the answer was no, 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 it couldn't be the foods that he was eating. And, you know, in my heart, I believe that it was a combination of those two things and some other issues that um, were happening in the family dynamic as well with a fluctuation in energy as well that that caused these things. You know, lo and behold, a little story there. And, you know, another interesting fact about my son and the cell phone is to, to prove that the cell phone created this this radiation um, at the time we didn't have a a meter that would read the radio frequency and electromagnetics and i'll talk more about those meters but what we did have is an electric guitar and an amplifier and the interesting fact about how an electric guitar takes the sound from the strings that are plucked and that creates a frequency and a vibration and then there's a electromagnetic pickup underneath the strings that transmute that vibration and that frequency into sound through electronics and then of course through the amplifier but the interesting thing about that electric guitar and if you're watching this on video you can see i have a, a couple of guitars here behind me the interesting thing about the electric guitar that i will get to now is that we took a cell phone and held it up against the pickup of that electric guitar and it made a noise through the amplifier and the closer the phone got to the pickup the louder the noise got so that told us that that cell phone that device was emitting 
radio frequencies. It was emitting frequencies of vibrations that were picked up by the electronics of the electric guitar. And of course, if you have an electric guitar at home, you can try that little experiment yourself. So what I'm bringing you today is uh, a, a piece of research from the National Institute of Health. This is the National Library of Medicine, of course, PubMed. And the title is Effects of Radiofrequency Electromagnetic Radiation on Neurotransmitters in the Brain. I know I love PubMed. They always have these uh, wonderful big titles that are basically straight to the point. But I'm going to read you this. With the rapid development of electronic information in the past 30 years, technical achievements based on electromagnetism have been widely used in various fields pertaining to human production and life. Consequently, Electromagnetic radiation, EMR, has become a substantial new pollution source in modern civilization. The biological effects of EMR have attracted considerable attention worldwide. The possible interaction of EMR with human organs, especially the brain, is currently where the most attention is focused. Many studies have shown that the nervous system is an important target Organ, uh, organ system sensitive to uh, EMR. In recent years, an increasing number of studies have focused on the neurobiological effects of EMR, including the metabolism and transport of neurotransmitters. As messengers of synaptic transmission, neurotransmitters play critical roles in cognitive and emotional behavior. And then it goes on to say here are the effects of EMR on the metabolism and receptors of neurotransmitters in the brain uh, are summarized. So that's the end of what I'm going to read from PubMed. Uh, but this is research that demonstrates that EMR has a profound negative effect on neurobiological effects in the brain and neurotransmitters, specifically synap synaptic transmission of those neurotransmitters, which play those critical roles in cognitive and emotional behavior. And the reason why I'm repeating that part again is because People that are having, uh, you know, cognitive issues, cognitive decline, brain fog, uh, you know, unclear thinking, memory issues, uh, in even emotional behaviors, irritability, things like that, um, you know, those are usually not tied back to the possibility of electromagnetic radiation. We'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. So many entrepreneurs have boundaries and the potential effects of radio frequency, electromagnetic radiation, RF, EMR, we'll call it from now on, on neurotransmitters in the brain, it's an area of ongoing research as well as debate. Like not everybody believes this is, is the case, but here we are with studies from the National Library of Medicine stating these, uh, these facts and statistics. So here are some reported symptoms and findings from studies. Um, but keep in mind that the evidence is not yet definitive. I always like to approach this with an unbiased point of view and give you both sides of the coin, or I should say all three sides of the coin, the heads, the tails, and the truth that lies in the middle. So number one, changes in neurotransmitter levels. You know, some studies have reported that these changes in neurotransmitter levels, as we just learned, uh, such as increased dopamine release, alterations in serotonin levels, and changes in acetylcholine activity, all very important messengers within the body. And dopamine, of course, can give you that uh, that burst of um, 
you know, reward. That's part of the reward center. Serotonin is the happy, feel-good transmitter so that, um, you know, we can experience joy and happiness in our lives. And if there are alterations in these levels, our experience of life can be altered. I'm going to go through these real quick. Number two, cognitive effects. Number three, sleep disturbances. Number four, stress and anxiety. Number five, headaches and fatigue. So all of those symptoms have an underlying root cause that points to, in some of these cases, EMR, uh, RF EMR. So it's important to emphasize that the majority of studies have not found consistent and conclusive evidence of adverse effects, but there are studies that do point that way. So, you know, regulatory bodies such as the World Health Organization, the WHO, and the International Commission on Non-Ionizing Radiation Protection. So yes, the ICNIRP is a regulatory body and they have established guidelines to limit exposure to RF and EMR levels that are deemed safe based on current scientific knowledge. So basically, you know, borderline, but just under that, um, that high limit of exposure. And if you have concerns about RF or EMR exposure, following their guidelines for safe uh, device use may prove some, uh, provide some reassurance for you. So where are high RF and EMR environments? Let's go over that. Some urban areas, cities and densely populated urban areas often have a high concentration of wireless communication infrastructure, including things like cell towers, Wi-Fi routers, and other communication devices leading to increased RF EMR levels. Telecommunication towers. If you live near a telecommunication tower, you are getting high levels of RF and EMR. Wi-Fi hotspots, locations with numerous Wi-Fi hotspots, such as cafes and airports and shopping malls, can have an increased RF EMR due to the presence of multiple wireless routers and devices. You know, just next time you're strolling through the mall, flip your, uh, go to the settings app in your phone and go to Bluetooth or Wi-Fi and click on the Wi-Fi for a search and just look at how many Wi-Fi uh, communication devices pop up in that search. It's amazing. Satellite communication centers, so facilities that use satellite communication systems, including ground stations, definitely have an elevated RF EMR. Industrial settings that use equipment such as uh, radio frequency identification, uh, they will have, and other wireless technologies, of course, and industrial settings. You know, as the years go by, the amount of equipment that is uh, connected to your Wi-Fi, I mean, geez, just thinking of it here in my own, um, you know, in my own home, in my studio, I have a Wi-Fi router that's connected to um, every smart TV, every cell phone, every tablet, every laptop in this home. It's also connected to, what else, my thermostats. It's also connected to my garage door openers. I mean, every time I upgrade something, I have to connect it to the Wi-Fi because it has this new technology in it. Next, military installations. So if you live near a military base or on a military base, you know, of course the military is, um, you know, one of their their highest priorities is communication. So they're going to use a lot of radio frequency emitting equipment contributing to higher levels of EMR in those areas. 
airports and transportation hubs are loaded with EMR levels, high EMR levels. Medical facilities. So if you live in the city and you work at a hospital, you're, there's no escaping this, um, this EMR for you. You're surrounded by it in the medical facility, in the building you know, uh, driving through the city or walking home through the, through the city and then living in maybe an apartment building or complex or high rise that every apartment has a Wi-Fi router in it. You're just immersed in this uh, RF radiation. And then, of course, smart cities, cities that are implementing smart technologies such as smart grids, smart meters. Well, there's another one for my home, a, a smart meter. Um, IoT devices, they have increased RF and EMR due to the use of these communications and data transfer. And then, of course, residential areas with high wireless de uh, device density. That means, you know, a thickly settled area with houses that are uh, close together. You know, every one of those houses is going to have a Wi-Fi device as well as probably a smart meter and things like that. So it's important to note while RF and EMR is uh, ubiquitous in modern environments and exposure levels are typically, I don't want to say well below, but just below the safety limits uh, set by those regulatory bodies, some people are more sensitive to EMR. And you may or may not be one of those people, but if you've ever gone on vacation to the woods or the forest or the mountains or the beach and you know of course the beach is going to have uh you know cell towers and things like that but a little less uh emr than in the city and if you go to the mountains where there's no cell service or uh, something like that or you go camping in the woods um and you come back feeling so refreshed and vitalized and energized it could be because of the emr exposure so what do we do what's the plan here i always like to give you a plan in these episodes so the plan Number one, limit mobile phone use and increase distance. Now, I know that's not feasible for everybody, but of course, if you can you know, use your hands free instead of holding the cell phone up against your head, if you could use wired headsets and not Bluetooth or you know, utilize that speaker phone instead to keep the mobile phone away from your head, you can also... Uh, in order to do this, you could use text messages instead of m making lengthy phone calls or do talk to text. And then when making calls, maintain a safe distance between the phone and your brain. Now, reduce wireless device usage altogether. Number two, minimize the use of wireless devices such as Wi-Fi enabled devices, especially in close proximity to your body. If you can, turn off wireless devices when not in use. I always put my uh, devices in airplane mode at night when I'm sleeping to limit my exposure. And then you can consider using wired connections whenever possible. Now I mentioned not using Bluetooth uh, earphones or earbuds but use wired headphones instead because even that Bluetooth, if you are putting earbuds in each ear, um, not only is one of those devices transmitting and receiving information from your phone, from your wireless device, but the, those two devices communicate in the shortest distance possible between the two earbud pieces, which means in between those two is what? It's your brain. So you have this, this Bluetooth signal going between the devices right across your brain. So, you know, you can use something like wired headphones or if that's just not conducive for you. Uh, what I use, although they are Bluetooth, they are a bone conduction headphone uh, made by Trex. 
I don't have them here with me, otherwise I'd show you. Uh, I'll see if I can link them up in the show notes, but absolutely my favorite uh, because it's an open ear uh, format where I can hear what's going on around in my environment, but these uh, bone conduction headphones or, or pieces are sitting on my jawbone and actually conducting the sound into my ears through my jawbone, um, and they are absolutely amazing. So I'm eliminating that uh, Wi-Fi signal across my brain, but I still have the Wi-Fi signal from the device to my uh, to my wireless device, my phone, my tablet, my laptop, whatever I'm listening on. Um, and next, number three, is to test. Now, you can test your neurotransmitters. Yes, you can actually do this right in the privacy of your own home. You can do that with a couple of the labs that we offer at Love Energy Wellness, the Candida Metabolic and Vitamins Test, which is part of the big five. Now, you know, if you want to test your neurotransmitters, you can use that one specifically. Or you can run the big five so you can see your stress levels with uh, through your cortisol, which is done through a saliva sample, uh, at four points during the day. So upon waking, you can see how stressed your body is before lunch, before dinner, and before bed. You can also see on a bell curve or a, a chart curve how your stress levels are with that. And then in the Candida Metabolic and Vitamins test, which is a urine sample, you're gonna be looking at metabolites based on some of the neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine and uh, HVA and a few others that that test for. Now, if you wanna go really deep into your neurotransmitters, you can use what's called the Mind and Mood Neurotransmitter Tests, which tests many, many more like norepinephrine and uh, so many more neurotransmitters. And I will link all those up in the show notes for you, as well as another testing device, the Tri-Field Electric Field Radio Frequency Magnetic Field Strength Meter. I know that was a lot, but this is an EMF meter. It's actually a model TF2, and it detects three types of electromagnetic radiation with one single device. It's made in the USA by Alpha Lab. If you want interested in that, I'll link that up. But it detects all three types of EMF pollution that's magnetic electric and radio microwave fields. Very handy to have around the home so you can see how much radiation you have. Now, I mentioned that my oldest son is, um, you know, a kind of a tech person, the in-house tech person we have here. And, you know, his bedroom looks like a data center at EMC Corporation in there. He's got computer towers and smart TVs and all kinds of screens going 24-7 in there. And, I, you know, I warn him that perhaps you should set this stuff out side of your sleeping environment. I'll give you a room. You can make your own data center and that way your sleeping environment is EMF free. Um, so, you know, you can test with this tri-field electric meter to see what kind of EMFs you have in your home. It measures 4G, it measures 5G cell phone, cell towers, Wi-Fi routers, Bluetooth, AC power lines, smart meters. It'll, it'll give you a reading on all of those. And then number four, you can use EMR shielding devices. You may choose to use an electromagnetic radiation shielding device such as uh, phone cases, which I will link up a phone case in the show notes today. You can check that out. You slip your phone in there, although it reduces the signal, um, it keeps that radiation from permeating to your body and, and especially your brain. Uh, there's also clothing designed to reduce exposure to EMFs as well. And, um, 
your, you know, the effectiveness of some of these prod, uh, products are debated, but get the ones that are tested, get the ones that are reputable. Um, and, you know, you might have to spend a little bit of money on it, but, you know, an electromagnetic, uh, it's called the Faraday sleeve for your phone might cost you 30 or $40, but in the long run, like what is the cost of your health and your, your cognitive function and your sleep and things like that? Much less than $42. So your call to action here, today's episode, I want to wrap things up here. You want to have awareness of those symptoms. You know, your medical doctor will probably never suggest that your headaches and fatigue are possibly from electromagnetic radiation. That's just the truth because that's not how they are educated in conventional medicine school. Next, you want to test for the underlying root causes. Run those neurotransmitter tests. They're really simple to do. Um, and you can, you can know, you can get a baseline. And then, of course, test for the underlying root causes of the electromagnetics in your home. That device, uh, the testing device that I mentioned, the tri-field uh, electric field meter is only like $180. So, you know, of course, what is that in compared to knowing what the underlying root causes of some of your fatigue issues? And then number three, take action. Start cleaning up your environment. Maybe, you know... Um, turn off your Wi-Fi at night if that's a possibility. That would that would eliminate a lot of the signals going through your home and, and clean up those toxicities in your environment. That's taking action. Like all this knowledge that I gave you is absolutely useless. It only empowers you when you put it into action. And that's why we give you actionable plans on every one of the Breaking Boundaries for Entrepreneurs podcast episodes. So what does failure look like? Failure looks like those negative cognitive effects that I mentioned earlier in the program. Looks like sleep disturbances, stress and anxiety, headache and fatigue. We don't want that for you. We want to hear your success story. We want you to have clarity in thinking, especially if you're an entrepreneur. We want you to have clarity in thinking for your team, for yourself, for your family, for your clients. We want you waking up feeling refreshed and happy. We want you to have energy and vitality. We want you to feel calm and centered, have a nice, calm central nervous system, which is going to have you feeling unshakable and unstoppable as a boundless entrepreneur. So your three key takeaways today, EMR. It's all around us. EMR has adverse effects on the brain and the central nervous system because we are, as we established in previous episodes, we are bioelectromagnetic beings. And last, you can easily test and or protect yourself and your family so you can go on and be that phenomenal entrepreneur that you know you are. I'd love for you to stay tuned for the <clears throat> excuse me next episode of the Breaking Boundaries for Entrepreneurs podcast when we talk about why low thyroid is not most often a thyroid problem. Grateful for you being here on this episode and all the other episodes. Please share this with somebody you love. Please leave a review so that we can help more people and we'll see you next time to help you with Breaking Boundaries. Bye-bye, everybody. Before we say goodbye, you may not have realized it, but you can get free daily access to our thriving Love Energy Wellness community and support group where you'll join health-conscious entrepreneurs just like you. I know you're concerned about your health, energy, and performance. That's why I personally answer your questions daily, invite you to our weekly live calls, and share pro wellness tips for energy and performance and exclusive offers just for our community members. 
This is also your support hub when we gather every 90 days for a total body and mind reset, also known as the world-renowned Dr. Cabral Functional Medicine Detox Protocol. You're going to love the way you feel every time. So if you're the kind of entrepreneur that values your health as your greatest asset, naturally you'll want to join and invite your friends, your family, and your colleagues to our community where you'll feel loved, supported, seen, and heard. Visit loveenergywellness.com to join the community or the link is also right here in today's show notes. I'll see you soon.